You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Minnesota Twins SB Nation podcast. I'm here with Andrew Gibo, and we're about to talk about some awful Twins baseball. Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing a lot better than the Twins did this past week. What a, what a rough week of baseball that has been for the Minnesota yeah, it's, Twins. Yeah, it's been, it's been awful. It's been their second bad stretch. We talked about one a few weeks ago, but yeah, today we're going to be, before we get into it, we'll be talking about the uh, recapping the week where they went 1-5 and five and fell to third place. We're talking about their struggles versus lefties. It's supposed to be their strong suit, but it has not gone well at all. Then we'll be doing our weekly segment of Worried or Whatever. We'll talk about the catching situation along with some injuries. And then at the end, we will talk about the trade deadline that will be ending at 3 p.m. Central tomorrow. So just to start off, as we mentioned in the beginning, the Twins have been horrible this week. They went 1-5, fell to third place in the division behind Chicago and Cleveland. Uh, They were shut down by three just not very good starting pitchers, Detroit, and it was just a bad week overall. They didn't play good at all, and uh, I'm hitting the panic button. I don't think this team's very good right now. They're certainly not very good right now. Uh, I'm going to hold off on the panic button for now. Uh, the big reason is, you know, they have a lot of their big horses on the shelf right now, whether it be Josh Donaldson, Garver, Buxton, Dota Rizzi, Bailey. You know, those are key pieces that they are missing right now. And we'll talk about the trade deadline later on in the show. But I kind of look at that, too, is, you know, bringing those guys back off the, the IL is essentially like making that trade acquisition in the middle of the season. So it's not full panic mode. The team that's out there on the field right now isn't really who the 2020 Twins are when you're starting guys like Ildemaro Vargas and Ari Adrianza and Jake Cave and Alex Avila's getting all the time now behind the dish. It's hard to look at the team that's on the field right now and say that's who the 2020 Twins are. So I'm not quite ready to hit the full panic button. It's also hard to believe that this team that had at once like a top three, top two record in baseball has dropped to just being in a playoff position by one and a half games since Detroit currently owns the tiebreaker. Like I just saw that. And the Twins are just, you know, they went from guaranteed playoffs to, well, now they've things aren't going well. And unless they get some of these pieces back, they're on the verge of, straight up missing the playoffs. They most likely won't because they're still a good team despite not playing like it whatsoever. But, uh, yeah, it's not looking good. And things, I mean, they've got to get it on track here. I I don't think they're going to win the division anymore. I think it's going to be Cleveland or Chicago. I think the Twins simply will not get their players back in time or they won't perform well enough to get them back in the race because Chicago and Detroit aren't just going to fall off here. I, I think the division is lost. And I think that's okay. Um, in a right. normal year, I might say it's very important when the division, but I think in 2020, winning the division doesn't mean what it was, especially with the conversations being that the MLB postseason will likely be played in some form of a bubble. So I think it's just more of a situation of just get into the tournament and, and see what you can do there. So even if they are the eighth seed in the American League, which I think they're better than the eighth seed, just get into the postseason. They are still in the postseason spot. They are kind of hanging on by a thread at this point. But I think that they're a better team than what we've seen this past week. 
and are just a matter of, of getting healthy, getting their, their horses back in the lineup, and, and just being the 2020 Minnesota teams that we saw at the beginning of the year when they got off to that hot start and they had the lead in the division. And I think that's more so who this team really is and what we've seen this past week. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Cody Perkle of Twins Day has been my favorite follow on Twitter. Um, he's just – he's great like, because he says it shouldn't – I mean, it shouldn't be acceptable for this – Twins team to just like limp into the playoffs like this was supposed to be the team that was just gonna win it all win the division easily Chicago Cleveland are secondary behind us and this past week has really just made it look like they're not even close to those other two teams like I'm really like jumping ahead they could still next week have a great week who knows they have a three-game series against the White Sox coming up but right now they just aren't competitive like going into a three-game playoff series like the opposing team could throw three lefties twins get sweat or two lefties I guess it'd be best of three but and then they, you know, get swept immediately. Like this team isn't competitive at all. Like, how long do you, how long do you wait until you hit the panic button? I guess. You know, if if they didn't have the injury problems they had, right. they have right now, and they had all of their their top guns out there, and they were still playing this poorly, I would be totally with you on the panic button. But just given the current state of their roster and who they're putting out there on a daily basis. That's what's holding me back right now from hitting the panic button. And, and I think, hopefully no one gets mad at me here for this one, but I think this is sort of a Minnesota sports fan <laughs> thing. Is, you know, Minnesota sports fans, you guys, unfortunately, have become very accustomed to, to heartbreak, to disappointment. So anytime there's a situation where your team isn't playing up to expectations, it's hit the panic button, the other shoe's falling, throw in the towel, season's over, tank for a higher draft pick, we're done. And that's not the case right now with Minnesota <laughs> Twins. It, it, you know, if the season ended today, which it doesn't, but if it did, but they're still a playoff team. Are they a good playoff team? No, but they're still a playoff team. And there's still a whole other month left of baseball. Things change so quickly in baseball. We've talked about this a lot on the show. You know, we've had, we've had gone on the show where the Twins have had a week where they played really well. And then they've had a week where they didn't play very well. And it's just, you know, you have these ebbs and flows and they just went through a really poor stretch but they're still in a playoff spot. When they get their pieces back, this is still a very good baseball team. They're going to like most likely end up in the playoffs with a legitimate chance to go deep into the postseason. And people just need to keep that in perspective and not just panic because they went one in five over their last six games and they're playing horribly against their seven and eight against the Royals, the Tigers, and the Pirates. There's more yeah, that's... I mean, that's true, but jumping onto the injuries, the three guys, the, the lineup is what I'm focused on mainly. The pitching will be fine. We never expected huge things out of the rotation. It was also supposed to be the lineup. The three guys that are out, Josh Donaldson, Byron Buxton, Mitch Garver. Am I missing anyone that's key to the lineup, really? I don't think so. Uh, no. Yeah. All right, so yeah. Now. So yeah, Donaldson was hitting, like, what, under 200 with an OPS in the 600. He's obviously better than that, but he didn't start out well. Buxton, you never know what you're going to get. You might get an 850 OPS. You might get a 450 OPS. Then you got Mitch Garver, who may not return all year. And even if he does, I don't think he's going to do anything this year. He was playing awful, and there's no sign saying he'll be better. It's And then in the lineup, you have two hitters hitting an OPS over 800. Then you got Kepler not doing great. Polanco at barely over 700. Jake Cave hitting 530. Marwan Gonzalez is under 700. Arise at 622. I could go on and on. It's, it's like, yeah, there are injuries here, but... The players that are supposed to be playing well, besides Sano and Cruz, are just not. And there's no signs really saying that they're going to pick it up soon. They're all falling off more than they're heating up. It's like, yeah, there's injuries, but no one's playing well. 
That's true. I mean, outside of Cruz, no one's really lighted up right now. I mean, I'm looking at it, and you have Nelson Cruz right now is the only player on the roster with a war above one. Kepler's <laughs> right behind him with 0.9, according to fan graphs. Sure. They have they have three players with WRC plus over 100. You know, Nelson Cruz, Max right. Kepler, Miguel Sano. But it's still, you know, despite all of that, yes, they fall into third place. Yes, they're one in five over the last six. They're still in a playoff spot. And, like, they still have pieces that will be coming back. And I think even if Josh Donaldson doesn't play at an MVP caliber, just having his presence back in the lineup is going to help them. The same with Byron Buxton. Just having those two guys, Buxton and Josh Donaldson, back in the lineup adds depth and it adds a presence to the lineup that they're missing right now. Like, Jake Cave is not Byron Buxton. Offensively, defensively, on the base pass, he's not. And Jake Cave is struggling. And, but they're, they're put in a situation where they have to send Jake Cave out there on an everyday basis. The other alternate is Lamont Wade, who isn't really doing that well himself either. So the question, I guess, for me at this point is, you know, do we even, at what point do we consider bringing up a guy like a Royce Lewis? Brent Roth, Rooker. Rooker. Yeah. Figuring that out. You know, maybe, okay, do we do we flip it's like Donaldson, he's coming back to this homestand. But is there a conversation of, say, if he doesn't, you know, do you flip a rise to third and you bring up Royce, you put Royce sure. in second, something like that, to kind of to jumpstart the team, to bring in that, that fresh blood, so to speak. Right. And then another thing, just touch on the injuries. It's like, yes, Donaldson and Buxton are set to come back, but with Byron Buxton, he's on the injured list six times a year, Plays he'll play 80 games at most. Like, that's just what you expect out of him. Like, who says when he comes back, he'll stay on the field for long. Like, he might just go right back on or not come back as soon as we think. Same with Donaldson. This calf thing has been bothering him for the past six years or so, and it was re-aggravated this year. Who knows if he's going to be able to recover and perform, if not even end up back in the IL soon. Like, we are counting on these guys recovering from their injuries, coming back, giving a jolt to the lineup. But there's a very serious concern about all of them just, you know, staying hurt, not performing, and going back. And all year we've talked about this lineup depth because – well, last year they hit the rec- MLB record for home runs, but the lineup depth—the lineup depth—is now to such a weak point where we're considering trading for like a bench bat, like a Jonathan Scope guy. Like, really? I mean, it's just gotten that bad. But I don't know. It's it's tough right now. It is, and I think eventually, like I just touched on previously, we might get to the point where we start bringing up those top prospects to to right. fill in, to, to 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 give that jolt. You know, ideally, you don't want to bring up your top prospects and, and throw them into a situation where now they're they have to save the to, team. Exactly, right. where they're expected to be that everyday guy who's going to be the savior of an organization. But I think if you bring them up in an environment where you have Nelson Cruz and you have Josh right. Donaldson, I think they can help them kind of break into the big leagues. And perhaps that is the jolt that they will need to kind of put them over the edge. Yeah, that's true. Like, Royce is someone I would like to see up. It was Ted of Twins Daily. He did tweet out today that he's, someone tweeted that he's been looking just excellent down at the alternate site. He's leading everyone down there in home runs. And, you know, that includes guys like Rooker and Kirloff and all them. So I would I would love to see him called up if the Twins don't go get, you know, a scope or something like that. And he's played some center field, right, or some outfield? Yes, yes, for sure. He can play a short, I think second, maybe third. Don't quote me on those two other infield positions, but for sure, center, center field and shortstop. Like, 
and yeah. you know, even if they don't feel comfortable putting him in center field in the big leagues, they put Luis Arise out in left field last year. So there's right. no reason why if Buxton is on the shelf for a little while, you can't just put you know Kepler in center. He's proven he can play center. You flip Rosario to right. You put Royce in left, or you you know bring up Kirilov. They have options, and I think it's just a matter of at what point do they kind of pull that trigger if the team continues to sputter when their big horses you know come off the IL and are able to hopefully make an impact and carry this team to the final month of the season. For sure, and you really just laid out a whole second depth chart. Uh, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um... The team, yeah, it's not been impressive. They're now seven and eight against Kansas City, Detroit, and Pittsburgh. The White Sox are eleven and one against those teams. You look at that and go, oh well, the White Sox are only good because they've beaten these teams. But it's like that was the case with the Twins last year, and now they've just flipped the flipped the script on it. It's they're beating the teams they're supposed to. The Twins simply have not been so far. And another thing too, you know, this road trip going one and five, and mm-hmm. I think people they kind of gloss over the fact of how hard it is to play on the road right now right. in yeah. twenty twenty. And just going back to their hotel rooms and kind of being isolated. And it is an entirely different environment than it typically is on the road. And I think that does play a factor into it. They do play better at home. Um, it's not necessarily an excuse, but I think it's something to at least take into consideration. A lot of these games, they've been losing on the road against subpar teams. And they're going to have their crack at them at home as well. So I think by the time we get through all of this, that record against these divisional opponents will even itself out. And I, again, I still believe this is a playoff team. They just need to hang in there for now, stay alive, get healthy. And then if they have to bring up their top prospects, that's you know something they'll have to do to get them over the edge towards the end of September. For sure. And then we'll be able to even touch on that uh, home field thing a bit next. Oh, wait. Yeah, a bit next week as the Twins will play all this upcoming week at home. So we'll see if that, you know, they are able to pick it up a bit. But yeah, moving on just a bit to the offense a bit more versus lefties this season. They were supposed to be just absolutely elite with Josh Donaldson, Garver, Sano, Kepler hit better against lefties than righties last year. And, you know, just among everyone in the lineup, this team was just supposed to be historically good against lefties. Instead, Cruz is the only one with a WRC plus, which just measures offense, averages 100. He's the only one above 100. He's at 309, which is just insane. But just the rest, slightly above 100. Right, just slightly above. But the rest, Marwin's at 84, Polanco 80, uh, Cave 32, Arias 63, and the, my favorite one, Max Kepler at negative 11. I forgot you could even go negative. Like, how do you, wow. As a team, you've got this too. They're hitting OPS of 672 with a WRC plus of 83. And now imagine those two numbers without Nelson Cruz in the lineup. Like, it's, everyone's been horrible except him. And it's just tough to watch. It and is supposed to be to great. Right. And the struggles against lefties, that has, that, if there's one thing I'm at the panic button on, it's that. Mm-hmm. Because like you had touched on, going into the season, and even you know, last year, this team was supposed to just absolutely demolish left-handed pitchers. And they haven't. Like you pointed to, the 672 team OPS against left-handed pitchers, that's terrible. The league <laughs> average is 750. But they are below league average against left-handed pitching. And this Far team is supposed to be the top of the league against left-handed pitching. Right, but absolutely. But I, I keep going back to the question of, okay, like how much is that going to change in a positive direction once even just adding Josh Donaldson back to the lineup? I, the other yeah. right-handed bat. Then you get, you know, you get Buxton. So there is obviously it's a concern, definitely room for panic there in terms of the offensive struggles, especially against left-handed pitching. But it's not 
running around with your hair on fire and throwing <laughs> the towel. That's like, exactly what I'm doing. No. <laughs> typical Minnesota sports fan. <laughs> right, yeah. You you did nail it earlier with your Minnesota sports comparison. Things go wrong and it's immediately end of the world. But uh right. Um yeah, so it's just not been good. The league as you said, they're way below league average. Almost oh, about eighty points is yeah, it's been awful. And it, I shouldn't be afraid of facing Dallas Keuchel this week like I am because he just destroyed the twins last time and well. I mean, Dallas Keuchel is throwing 88 as a lefty. The Twins should be able to destroy him, but he will probably go seven, giving up two runs. It's just, that's how the season's going, and I don't expect much else. Well, I'm going to be the optimistic guy, and I'm going to say he goes. <laughs> he only goes four and gives up six. Yeah, good luck with that one. And <laughs> yeah, so the offense has been real bad. The Twins have been pretty bad. Well, no, real bad. Uh, so, really yeah, bad. moving up. Well, yeah, real bad. We'll move on here, but first we're going to have a little ad break, and then we'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. All right, here we are back, and we are with our weekly segment of Worried or Whatever. We usually have three items on the uh, to talk about, but today we're going with two just because we also got some trade deadline discussion. And when, To be fair, I mean, we, we could do the whole team at this point right, Worried uh, yeah. or Whatever. So. I, I was going to say, we could select anyone for worried, what, worried or Whatever, but it's just that everyone's doing equally awful, so we have to just kind of pick and choose. Except for uh, Nelson Cruz. Right, right yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about him. Anyways, yeah, first we're going to start with the catching situation, which is consisting of Alex Avila and right now Ryan Jeffers. Mitch Garver is on the injured list. It, I can't really see him coming back and being productive. I don't know what you think there. If he does come back, do you, I, like, I don't even know if he'll come back this season. What do you think about Garver right now, I guess? We've talked about Garver a lot on this show. Yeah. Um, you know, as I've mentioned a lot of times, I don't think what we saw in 2019 is really who Mitch Garver is. So even if he comes back, definitely kind of temper the expectations there. Don't expect him to come in and be the savior unless he just happens to get hot and figure something out while he's on the IL. I do really like Ryan Jeffers. I think, you know, he's he struggled a little bit recently, but it's still a small sample size. I think there's a lot of potential there. Alex Avila, he has really fallen off, you know, for a while there. He showed some promise, but his numbers as of late have really dropped off. I mean, he's got a 609 OPS. OPS plus is 73. His average is a buck 54. He's slugging 256. That's not really going to cut it. Uh, there's no really move to be made. I know the Padres just acquired former twin Jason Castro, who hasn't been having the best year, but he would still be the best catcher on the current <laughs> twins roster, which is kind of sad. So there's definitely some concern there, but I do have faith in Ryan Jeffers. I, I do think this kid is, is could put, pan out to be really good. Um, but at the same time, it is kind of a luxury to have high offensive production from the catching position. That's a good point that we were a bit spoiled there last year with Garver and even Castro. He was, he was above average at offensive level as a catcher, but... I think Garver, I mean, not Garver, uh, Ryan Jeffers is in a bit of the situation we described with uh, Royce or the other prospects earlier. They kind of tossed him in there to replace MVP-level Mitch Garver of 2019. Like, 
all right, number six prospect, go be the guy now. Like, this is a great team. Try to do what you can and lead them to the playoffs. Here. Well, not lead them, but be one of the top guys here. It's just kind of throwing them into a situation. And especially with Avila completely falling off, there's a ton of pressure on Jeffers to just step up. And it's, I don't know if that's it's going to be tough for the guy because he's just like 23 years old, first season. And, yeah, just, you know, it sucks. I wish we had Garver playing at somewhat of a level as last year, but sadly we right. will not have that this year. And I know a lot of people are going to probably ask about, well, where's Williams Asadio, Lotuga, yeah. and you know I don't. Lotuga isn't a great major league player, but I think at this point too, what would it really hurt? Yeah, I was going to say call him up. Ton, right, you're not getting a ton of production offensively from the catcher position. I don't think uh, Lotuga could do any worse than what we've gotten <laughs> so far out of the catching position. And maybe he could even provide that that jolt, just his personality, what he right. brings to the clubhouse. I think that's an option to consider as well. Plus, he might get a hit against a lefty every now and then. But yeah, I'm, I'm exactly. <laughs> right. and it might it might be a you know a ball that bounces on home plate, flip it in the left for a knock. I mean, come on, right? It's better than what we're getting right now. I think. Exactly. I mean, I I don't know if I would call him up because there's not going to be many spots once Donaldson, Pineda, Buxton, all of them get back. They'll send. The usual guy's down, and then it's the same deal with Asadio. Where does he fit? Can you send someone down? But right now, it's like the Twins are in need of a jolt, and unless, well, it'd be a shame if that was how they provided it instead of trading or calling up their top prospect. But, I mean, Asadio, everyone loves him. I think that his all teammates love him. He's not great at baseball, but no one is right now on the team, so why not call him up, give him a chance, see what he can do this year. Just, I don't know, I'd love to see him. I wasn't even going to talk about Asadio. I forgot he was on the team, quite frankly, but... uh. I like that you brought him up because I think it'd be a great idea to have him up here. I think it would. And it, it's a situation where it, it certainly wouldn't hurt anything to bring him up. Again, I right. think if we're going to expect Asadio to come up and you know hit 300 and, and be this no, offensive powerist, yeah. you're you know, wrong. Right. But <laughs> it won't hurt anything at this point to just get him back in the lineup. Just at least a guy who can put the ball in play. For sure. Yeah, just... Just a bit of a change of uh, change of pace in the lineup. Like he, the, he'd be the guy that we were kind of hoping a rise would be, just without the average. Just put the ball in play every time. Just get on base once in a while, and without the walks, because a rise has just been a bit. He's been struggling a bit this year, but yeah, get him up here, see what he can do. But as for Jeffers, for me, I do like him. I think he has too much pressure on him right now, but I think he will, at least in the next three to four years, he'll turn out to be a really good player. This year, I don't, I don't think he'll be anything special. He might. I'm assuming he'll jump his production up a bit just because right now it's been nothing great at all. But yeah, with him and Avila as the two catchers, the Twins catching duo has suddenly turned from top five in the league to like, what is going on here? How can we save this? It's It's been rough, but that's that's kind of sums up this past week. Again, and I touched on this earlier, I'll just echo it again. People need to understand, too, the catching position generally does not provide a lot of offensive <laughs> output. You know, the Minnesota Twins have been very spoiled for a number of years, and they had Joe Maurer back there winning MVP, batting titles. There's very few guys that play that catching position day in and day out and provide a, a high-caliber offensive output. You know, you know, the names that come to mind, when, you know, Joe Maurer when he was behind the dish still, and you got Buster Posey. Ryan Domit was there for a while, of course. Can't wait. I mean, you know, even kidding. right now, I mean, what, JT Romuto? Right, yeah. And Guys like well, him. Gary Sanchez has been struggling, but there's not a lot of... Grundahl, but yeah, that's about yeah, it. Yeah, high-caliber offensive production from the catching position. 
Yeah, I mean, we were spoiled last year with it, and coming into this year, Garver, we all expected him to be a top three catch offensive catcher in baseball again, and as we know, it, I mean, it's just horrible that that hasn't panned out, even slightly, like, he's probably in the bottom three this year, it's just not good, and now he's hurt for the rest of the year. I don't, if he's even available by, for, by the time of playoffs, can you even justify sliding him in there for the playoff lineup? It's like, I, I don't know, you might, no. Avila might get, yeah, <laughs> If it's not a lefty, Avila's probably getting all the starts in the playoffs, and you just hope Jeffers might get a hit once in a while too, I guess, but you can't put Garber in there. Right, and, and another thing too with the, the offensive output from the catching position, I think that it wouldn't be as big of a concern if the rest of the lineup was hitting. You know, if we could just yeah, for sure. tuck Avila, Garber, Asadio, Jeffers, whoever it is, just tuck them in the eight spot, the nine spot, whatever you get out of them is, is whatever you get. It wouldn't be an issue. But with the rest of the team struggling, and like you've touched on, the fact that we went into the season expecting high offensive output from that position, and it's non-existent, so it makes it seem like a much larger issue with those factors considered. For sure. Yeah, we've just kind of repeated ourselves a ton here, but the catching position, offensively, we expected a lot. It's just, it's gone down the drain, and hopefully they can, something catches up soon, but it's not looking like it. I am worried about it. I mean, I guess worried that it's not going to get any better. Are you worried or are you just, what do you think? I'm going to say worried. Yeah. Um, just given the lack of production and, and how that impacts the overall team. If other things were going well, it would be a whatever. But since that was a, what we went into the season expecting it to be a position of strength and it's a glaring position of weakness, definitely worried on the catching situation. Right. Yeah. All right. Sounds about right. And then we'll move on here to, we've touched on it a lot with Garver, but just the injuries. I don't forgot to write these down. So let's just try to run through all the injuries real quick. We got Homer Bailey. We got uh, Garver, Buxton, Donaldson. All right. Help me out. Odorizzi. <laughs> Odorizzi. Yep. And then Pineda's coming. He's not hurt, but he'll be, he's suspended. He'll be coming back on Tuesday, actually. So a day after this is put up. Rosario didn't start, today, right. but I did see he got, got some. You know, I'm not too worried about that injury there. He's on the IL yet. Yeah. That's, those are the main guys. It's, are we worried about the injuries? I'm worried they'll be – I know a lot of these guys will come back soon. I'm worried about how long they'll be able to stay on the field. Because with Buxton, he never has. Donaldson's had this calf thing his whole – well, his last few years here. I don't know. And Homer Bailey seems like he's just done for the year. I mean, it doesn't sound like so he's going back. He's on the 45 day. Right. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Odo, I haven't. Have you heard anything about Odo Rizzi? I haven't really. I have not. No. So he's an unknown. Probably will be back for a couple starts before playoffs. Like Josh he was Donaldson, this year. Josh Donaldson will be right. back this coming homestand. That's last I yes. saw. I believe it might have been Seth who put that out. So that'll be nice to get him back. You know, I am worried about the injuries but i'm but i'm gonna put the injuries right now in the whatever column uh, i know it's a shortened season there's only a month left but a month of baseball is a lot of baseball and i think just being able to get those guys back off the il get them back on the field i know you know with bucks in you don't know how long he's going to be on the field but just having him back is going to be a big lift to the team Right. So overall, right now, I'm kind of whatever. I just hope that the guys that are filling in can can pick it up a little bit and, and provide more of a lift to the team in, until the big dogs get back. And we just haven't gotten that yet, and that's that's more worrisome than the injuries themselves. For sure. Yeah, I'm 
more, yeah, I guess I'd be, I'm not worried that they won't come back soon. I'm worried about how long they'll stay on the field and worried about whether or not they will be able to be as productive as we would hope when they do return. Like, yeah, like we're expecting big things with Donaldson and uh, Buxton. Will they be able to perform and up to expectations with just, you know, a month remaining of the season and just kind of jumping into it in the middle of like a true pennant race, like you're down by a game in the playoffs. Can they jump in and be what they're needed to be? That's what I'm more worried about. That is definitely a worry, and I think you know it depends on how how quickly then they're able to get back and, and able to produce. And right now, we don't have those answers yet. That's why for me, right now, the injuries is more of a whatever than it is a worried. But if all of a sudden we're getting into the middle of September and these guys aren't back, or they are back, or they're not producing, then it's a different conversation. But as we're having this conversation on August 30th, it's a whatever. Just get healthy, get back on the field, and it will be okay. Yep, we're agreed there. All right, so then we're going to move on to a pretty hot topic and one that we will only be able to talk about for today because this occurs at 3 p.m. Central tomorrow, the trade deadline. The Twins have yet to make a move. There's a lot of big names being rumored out there, such as Mike Clevenger and some Red Sox characters, but it doesn't sound like they're going to be moved. But a lot of starting pitchers, Lance Lynn type, Trevor Bauer's kind of been removed, his name has, but... Yeah, a lot of guys out there, and the Twins have not made a move. You kind of, I, I hope they do. I don't know what they want them to get for sure yet because it doesn't sound like they want a starter. But yeah, the Twins, I think they need to do something. I mean, what's your opinion? You think they gotta, gotta make a move before tomorrow? So I'm gonna, we're gonna go back in time a little bit. I'm gonna reference sure. an article that I had written during the winter, uh, titled, you know, practicing pragmatism. And I think that applies here. And yes, like the Twins do need to make a move. But I think it's a situation where only if the right move is available, just making any type of move possible isn't the right answer to do it. If, if you have a situation to make a move that significantly betters the team, go ahead and do it. But don't just bring in a guy because, oh, we feel pressured to make a move. And I trust the front office is smart enough to not do that. You know, I know you mentioned Bowers kind of probably off the market at this point. But if they have an opportunity to bring in Trevor Bauer or even Mike Clevenger, absolutely. Like, that's a move that they should make. Um, but in terms of just bringing in a guy, to, to bring in a guy and, and just to make a move, that's not the way to go about it. So don't really go target that middle reliever left-hander with a 4.5 ERA who has a pretty good slider. Makes no sense. <laughs> All right, yeah. Which is probably what will happen or be rumored around tomorrow because you know twins like matt Whistler and everyone that looks just like him or throws the sliders like him but yeah i'm very negative today and i apologize but um i think the twins need a huge jolt there there's been a rumor at least that they're interested in josh Hader. they uh, mark DeRosa on mlb network put out the twins having give up like royce oh. lewis brent or not brent rooker yeah brent rooker and ryan jeffers i think that'd be an awful trade like i wouldn't even i'd hang up the phone and never call the brewers again that'd be asinine right you don't give up a potential franchise altering prospect for a late relief late inning reliever that doesn't make any sense but that was put out there uh, i don't if hater is going to cost anything near that i don't consider it what do you think right there with you i mean i would love to have josh hater right Minnesota Twins, obviously but i'm not going to sell the farm and, and give up top assets to, to bring him in. I think the bullpen right now is good. They've, they've had some hiccups. I know Romo had that rough outing last time, you know, against Cleveland, but there's still a good overall unit and there's no 
pressing emergency need to bring a guy into that bullpen like a Josh Hader. So giving up a huge amount of future talent to bring him in now doesn't make a lot of sense. I think the bigger need is on the starting rotation side. I know the Twins seem to be kind of committed with the guys they have right now. But again, like I just said, if the opportunity is there to bring in Trevor Bauer or Mike Clevenger, absolutely go ahead and do it. That's the type of move the Twins should make. Also, Lance Lynn, I know there's some mixed opinions on that based on you know his previous time in Minnesota and how all that played out. But just based off of his body of work in terms of like a baseball-specific move, if you can acquire a guy like Lance Lynn, absolutely go ahead and do it. That's the move the Twins should be making right now. Yeah, and I get the sense that uh, the Rangers want to get rid of Lynn, but just to jump on Hater for a sec, there's been a lot of reference to, say, the Aroldis-Chapman trade. Like, the Cubs acquired him, went on to win a World Series. Chapman basically carried the team in the playoffs. It was pretty. It was crazy what he did. Like you say, you got to give up in order to get that guy. But the Cubs didn't exactly have Taylor Rogers, Trevor Duffy, or Trevor May, and Tyler Duffy in the back of their bullpen. They needed a guy. The Twins don't desperately need a guy like they did. And I think Rogers, uh, Romo, Duffy, uh, May, and all them should be able to handle the workload without giving up Royce Lewis. Like, I don't think the Twins need to do that. But yeah. Exactly. Like you mentioned the Chapman trade in 2016. If you look at the 2016 Cubs, like right. they needed a Rodas Chapman to put them over the top to make them that elite team with that elite bullpen. I don't think Josh Hader puts the Twins over the top. Right. And all of a sudden, oh, you bring in Josh Hader, and now you look at the Minnesota Twins with the way their roster is constructed right now, and say Josh Hader now makes this team a World Series favorite. I don't see it happening. So to give up that much future talent for Josh Hader, I think it's a waste. Yeah, like. What it does is it replaces Caleb Fielar with Josh Hader. Like, that's obviously a significant improvement, but it's not like you're taking the current bullpen and it's just 10 times better with Josh Hader. Like, it would be a, it'd be a lot better, but it's, it's not a significant need like it was with the Cubs. And, it, yeah, it's not something that would put the Twins over the top for sure. Exactly. Back on the road. And look oh, at yeah, the Cubs sure. right now. You know, right, they, right, right. The, what they gave up to, to get Chapman, Glaber Torres. The Cubs would mm-hmm. love to have Glaber Torres right now. They also gave up Eloy Jimenez to get Jose Quintana, right? So those are the kind of decisions you have to make. And, like, would you rather have Royce Lewis in two or three years or Josh Hader now, who may or may not put your team above the top? And I don't think Josh Hader puts the Twins above the top. So there's no point in, in giving up a guy like a Royce Lewis or Alex Kirilov to go out and get him. It doesn't make any sense. For sure, especially when either of those guys could be the guy to put the Twins over the top. Like, they have the talent and the potential to do that josh Hader, you know what you're getting you're getting an elite reliever he's just not a guy as he said that'll get the job done like that but you would reference lance lynn that one's interesting the twins were very surprising to me linked to the link to him today along with the chicago white Sox, who the white Sox, who i find interesting because they're going for quite literally everyone on the market good for them they've been doing this for years with machado just on the market getting everyone they can you know big names good for them it's fun probably fun to be a fan over there right now but yeah, the Twins and Lynn, 2018 was rough. He was signed right before spring training or right in the middle of it, I think. And, yeah, he didn't want to come here on a, just because he was kind of a desperate. He was signed one year, just one year cheap deal, just saying, all right, no one wants me to come to your team, I guess. And he pitched horribly. Like, he came into camp out of shape. Just apparently the locker room chemistry with him was just all, all out of sorts. I don't know if 
that's a rumor I've heard. He, some people say he liked it here. Some say he absolutely disrupted the chemistry with guys like Addison Reed as well. What a horrible, horrible signing that was as well. Jeez, 2018 was a rough year, man. But <laughs> shouldn't have been. But yeah, Lens Lynn, it was, he's kind of the highlight of what went wrong that year. They ended up trading him. He wasn't great. But now, of course, he's just some ace on the Rangers, like one of the better pitchers in baseball. And if the Twins can get him, and I, I wouldn't give up. I still wouldn't give up a Royce Lewis or Alex Kirloff to get Lance Lynn. Like, do you do that for Lance Lynn? Do you give up those guys? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but kind of what you're just touching on, you know, in terms of the clubhouse chemistry and all that, I, I kind of mentioned this earlier. When you take, obviously that's part of the equation, but just strictly from a baseball need standpoint, right. Lance Lynn checks every single box for the Minnesota Twins right now. And, and then, you know, there's an element of does he fit? But I still think that just talent alone and, and the type of pitcher he is now, not who he was in 2018 with the Minnesota Twins, but who he is now in 2020, Lance Lynn makes the Minnesota Twins a significantly better team. So if you yeah. have an opportunity to bring him, bring him back, go ahead and do that. Yeah, it's it's just because oh man, it's tough because he was just like were you you were watching in 2018 the Twins right? Where am I mistaken? Yeah, there? I, I, yeah, and I, I was here in 2018. Right, right, that's what I thought. Man, it was it was rough, but you're right. If he's one of the better pitchers in baseball, if you can get him and you don't have to give up everything, you go do it. He's still under contract next year for just 10 million. He's not expensive either. Like he's good, he's great. It's man, like I, if we got him and. It, we didn't have to give up a ton. I would be happy, but right now, thinking of it, I, I, I don't know if I like it or not. Like he'd obviously slide in, right next. He'd probably be front of the rotation, right? Him or Maeda. But then you got Barrios after that. Barrios is now the number three pitcher, which is pretty good for rotation. I might slide Dobnak in there. Who knows? You know, my top three. But exactly. Yeah. So you know, you, you go into a postseason series, and your rotation is Lance Lynn, Kenta Maeda, right. Jose Barrios, Jake Odorizzi. That's a pretty formidable postseason rotation. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'm going to yeah. just kind of group Lance Lynn in with Trevor Bauer and Mike Clever. Right. If He's you have the opportunity group. to acquire any three of those guys, any one of them make the, the Minnesota Twins a significantly better team. That's the move that's going to put this team over the top, whereas Josh Hader really like he isn't because the bullpen isn't necessarily the issue. The issue right now is with the starting rotation, getting depth, getting innings, having a guy who every time he takes them out, every fifth day is going to give you six, seven innings of quality innings. That's what they need right now. They don't need a guy coming out of the bullpen who throws high 90s with a slider. <laughs> For sure, yeah. You can get anyone. You got a game one starter in the playoffs, most likely. Game one or game two, depending on how Maeda finishes, of course. But, yeah, then you got Barrios, you got... Michael Michael Pineda, who was down the stretch last year, the best Twins pitcher, gets kind of unrecognized because he was caught cheating on accident, kind of. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, Pineda returning for me is also another big deal. He's kind of like a deadline acquisition. I don't know what to expect from him. He hasn't pitched in over a year. But he was reportedly hitting 94 down at the alternative site. I mean, maybe he's still... If he can pitch what he was doing last year, he the Twins are set. Like, they're fine. They don't have to acquire a rotation arm, but I would still love to see them do it. Exactly. And what you just kind of touched on in terms of Michael Pineda, in terms of 
what are we really going to get? And that that's where I'm at with, with Pineda. Yes, it's exciting to, to have Pineda back. That definitely helps the Twins right now. It's just a matter of what are we really going to get from him? He hasn't pitched in about a year now because of the PED suspension. And who is he really going to be? You know, is he, is he going to be able to go out and go five, six, seven innings? What's his ramp-up period going to be like? How much can we really rely on this guy to produce quality innings down the stretch for them? And that's why I, they, they have the one move, they're going to make a move that they have to make is that borderline elite-level starting pitching. And Michael Pineda, is, he's not that guy. For sure. No, yeah, he's not the borderline elite that you'll get with Trevor Bauer, like guaranteed really good pitcher. So, yeah, we're both in agreement. A huge starting pitcher would be just great for the team, but I I personally don't see them going that route. It'd be great, but I guess – I'll touch on this for a sec. Would you rather give up – would you rather get Bauer or Clevenger? Would you rather give up the same package for which one of those guys? Trevor Bauer. Yeah, even with just this year on his contract? That's one part that makes it kind of tricky – is right. that you know, this is, it would be a rental situation, but I think Trevor Bauer is a better pitcher than Mike Clevenger. I also and, have a, a lot of confidence in Twins' ability to re-sign him. I think he'd love to be here. Exactly. And and another thing, too, is, you know, to be honest with you and the listeners, what what happened with Mike Clevenger and Zach Klesak and, and yeah. the violation of COVID protocols, to me, like, that's a red flag. Do you really want to give up future talent to bring in a guy that has – I don't know. I guess we could say questionable character decisions. That that's oh, yeah. part of no it. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. I, Twins fans already don't like Clevenger much because he accused Polanco of him using steroids last year just because he gave up a home run to him, and then he said the wind was also blown out. It's like just own the loss, dude. You weren't good. Whatever. Yeah, I don't like him much. Uh, but he's <laughs> he's a really good pitcher. So right, I, in terms if, of what he right. does on the field, I love sure. Clevenger as a pitcher. <laughs> but there is that other element to him of you know how much can we trust this guy. Do we want to give up the future of our organization to bring in a guy that has, I don't know, questionable character? Yeah, I brought up earlier, just like a minute ago, I said the same package to get either. I don't think it'd be the same. Clevenger would, I think, cost more just because of how long he's under control. Bauer would not cost Royce Lewis or Alex Kirloff. Do you think he would? I don't. I mean, I think Clevenger would. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I would much rather than also go for Bauer. Uh, I guess to love the guy. I think he's got a great personality. He's good at growing the game, and he's good at knowing what the fans want. He's had some. He's had a questionable past, but I think he's a little better now. He's fun to watch. I th- I'd love Trevor Bauer on the team. Yeah, Trevor Bauer's a great guy. People, he kind of gets a bad rap. For sure. He does, he does a lot of good things for the game of baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's a better character guy than what people make him out to be. Um, and I would, yeah, I would absolutely love Trevor Bauer to be in, on the Minnesota Twins. And I think that, like you said, they definitely have a, a legitimate chance to re-sign him. So you know, even if you have to give up one of, I I wouldn't give up Royce Lewis, but you know, but Karloff or Rucker to bring him in, if that's yeah. the price it takes, then that that's what it takes. You that's know, eventually true. you're gonna have you gotta to give make up that yep. move. Yeah, I agree. If, if yeah, if they're confident in their ability to resign him, I'd be more than more than willing to give up a guy like Kirloff. Yes, and and, and giving up a, a guy like Kirloff or Trevor Bauer makes a hell of a lot more sense than giving up Alex Kirilov or Josh Hader. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not even close. Like Josh Hader's 2.0 war in the bullpen, which is top for any bullpen guy, but Trevor Bauer's going to double that on accident. Like, right. Starting pitching is inherently more valuable than really pitching. And I think we've seen that 
firsthand with Kenta Maeda and giving up Bruce for sure. Gratterall to get him. Like, yeah, like, Gratterall do you think I don't miss Gratterall at all with my right. own he's, team? Like, Gratterall's pitched well for Los Angeles, but I would much rather have Kenta Maeda right now than Bruce Star Gratterall. No offense for sure. to Gratterall, good no, pitcher, he's great. but starting pitch, the quality starting pitching is extremely more valuable than a good relief pitcher. Yeah, 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 I've never once, at least this year, thought to myself, oh boy, I sure do miss Bruce Dark Gratterall because I know what we're getting in Kenta Maeda. Like, that's no doubt. Exactly. So yeah, moving on. You have repeated many times you don't just want to go get a guy just to get a guy, but what do you think about a right-handed bat in the infield such as? They wouldn't have to trade for him. You wrote him down. No, Hunter Pence, who was just released, but a guy that is just a good example of a type would be Jonathan Scope on the Tigers. He, ever heard of him? Pitched for the uh, Twins last year, but... Not he pitched, pitched hit yeah, pitch uh, wow. he probably I mean maybe he didn't blow out blow out Adrianza did this year. But anyways, uh, he hit for the twins. He was eventually replaced by a rise, but he's been performing really well this year in Detroit, and Detroit has absolutely no reason to keep him unless they for some reason think they're a good team now that they're five hundred, but no. It's, he's on a six year one six million one year contract. They'd be wise to give him up for a couple prospects that the twins might just be willing to give up this year, so Maybe they go get a guy like Scope. What do you think? Absolutely. I think they definitely do need that right-handed bat that's been highlighted a lot more with the injuries to the right-handed bats. You know, the lineup right now is very left-handed heavy. I think the area of need for right-handed bat is more so in the outfield right now than it is on the infield, especially with Buxton being out. You know, when you've got Rosario, Cave, and Kepler in the same outfield, that's three left-handed bats. And that's kind of where I got this idea of Hunter Pence. I know Hunter Pence has struggled offensively in 2020 and he was just released by the giants who don't have a lot of outfield depth but he is still a right-handed bat you know he does bring that veteran presence he is a very high energy guy that might just kind of bring that jolt to the team and he would be free essentially so hunter right, right. he is very intriguing i do like jonathan stope as well like we had Touched on earlier in the show, Luisa Rise did play some left field last year. So if you have to go to a situation where you put a rise in left field and then you have, you know, scope play in second base, like that's certainly an option for the twins. And there definitely is a need to bring in a right-handed bat that has some pop right now. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they just avoid a trade, call up Brent Rooker, like that wouldn't hurt. He'd be able to play three games a week, switching in with Kepler Rosario. And I think it'd make a lot more sense than having Kate or Cave or Wade just because they're both lefties backing up two lefties. I'd love to see Rooker up or they trade for a right-handed outfielder. But, yeah, that's about all I have on the trade deadline. You got anything, anything else you want to touch on? No, I think we've, we've touched on a lot. Biggest need, at least in my opinion right now, is that top-level starting pitching. And it's a right. limited market for that. And it just, if they can make that happen, that's the, the one move that makes the most sense for the Minnesota Twins. Limited market, but there's certainly guys out there. I definitely agree, but yeah, we'll see. Tomorrow, it, it'll all be done. Next week, we'll be able to talk about you know, what happened, if anything huge went down. Doubtful, but you never know. Maybe they'll go get another Sergio Romo. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got for this week. Thanks for tuning in, and yeah, see you next week. Yes, have a good night.